The fantasy football season has come to an end, but this is the perfect time to take your sports viewing experience to the next level. Epson, just hook your boy up with this new Epic Vision Ultra LS800 laser projector, including their optional 120-inch silver flex screen. And I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute game changer. With an epic 120-inch picture, it's twice the size of an 85-inch TV. I should know I had one of those in my old setup. And y'all know I love scouting prospects for the NFL draft. And with that 4K Pro UHD picture this big, it can take the way that I evaluate prospect game film to a level never seen before. To learn more, visit Epson.com forward slash wake up. Again, that's EPSON.com forward slash wake up. And like Epson says, bring the sportsbook experience home. Yo, what's going on? This is Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Eugene. I'm here. We got Ike as the other host. He's here. You know, let's get it going. Let's not waste no more time for this episode. 58. Yes, sir. Ike, what's good? What's going on? Man, Super Bowl. Super Bowl is, uh, you know, a couple weeks away, about about 11 days away. So uh, this is this, this is kind of the, what we expected, right? I mean, both these teams, uh, Eagles and Chiefs, they were the best two teams in the respective conferences all year, and they made the Super Bowl. So I don't think anybody's surprised or shocked or anything like that. So it should be a really good game. Should really, really good, should be a really good game. Yeah, it should. Um, I know we've been dealing with the ice, the random ice in in in, te- in Dallas, Texas. So, you know, been cooped up. You know, and the people don't like going nowhere when, when when ice is on the ground. But surprisingly, you know, the the roads weren't that bad. So they had to drive to go. My mom was having some phone issues, so I had to go drive to our office to to handle that. But it, it's interesting seeing some of these cars that have been abandoned because <laughs> because they couldn't drive the day before. It's always interesting. You know, like in Texas, like they're they're never prepared for these things, right? It, it's it's always, you know, the, the the forecast and the meteorologists always say, yeah, hey, ice storm, winter storm warning, winter storm watch, blah blah blah. And people are like, oh, okay, cool. And then the and then the ice falls and the snow falls and then the roads freeze over. And then they're like, oh shit, it's it's icing, it's freezing. We can't really drive. Yeah, help. Hell, <laughs> and it's like you, you you had you had all this information available to you days in advance. You should have made plans days in advance. Now I understand everybody has, you know, di- different things going on in their lives, but I mean, like that's the thing about Texas, though. They're always reactive instead of proactive when it comes to these things. And so it's it's just uh, it's it baffles me every single time that people pretend to be shocked that oh, there's ice on the ground. We can't go anywhere, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know it's either that or like. So, for instance, my mom had she had to drive yesterday when it was bad, and she was just like, "Yeah, there's no sand on the ground." Like she had, she was yeah, one of those scared. Like, yeah, like they're not. They sand. They sand the ground after, after. Like, well after bro. things happen, and I'm just like, "Are you kidding me, bro?" She was like, "So, did you ever see the video of like the people that were on the, you know, the bridge that kind of goes." Front facing uh, the Omni, the Omni Hotel, where you can see like if it's lit up. Like, yeah, they're coming were, from they were the south side, cars, and you saw yeah. people pushing cars. So where my mom lives, she has to take that road to get there, and she uh, she wasn't at that time. She wasn't at that time. Hers was happening. 
she had to drive during during the evening time. So she was there on the bridge, like during nighttime, you know, where when it starts getting really cold. And she oh, said man. she was just there spinning for like 30 minutes and finally just somehow just like unspun out from the, the messed up area that she was at. And she was able to get to where she was going. But just Oof. again, unprepared about like anything that's going on as if like like you said the meteorologist didn't tell us like hey this is coming let's get some sand or salt or something out here and just it's nothing like it's just it's just ice <laughs> yeah just ice, ice people just skidding sliding and, and skidding and sliding and it's just yeah it, it amazes me every time man it is it, it is very amazing but you know like we said we're, we're coming on to the super bowl Super Bowl weekend next week, but we got to recap what we saw this this previous week in terms of the conference championship games. Let's start with the first one: Eagles and 49ers. It was it was a sad it was a sad sight to see after, pretty much after that first quarter because you know Purdy got hurt and then they had to put Josh Johnson. He looked shell shocked, and by halftime, you know when they came out in the second half, he got knocked out and Purdy had to come back in and he was just pretty much. A, a guy that was like armless, basically just didn't throw the ball at all. They were just trying every trying to trick play to try to fool the Eagles in terms of trying to manufacture yards. Just didn't work. And, um, yeah. you know, another easy win for the Eagles. Jalen yeah, Hurts it, it, didn't have to do much. Yeah, it it, it was Brock Purdy got her on the sixth or seventh play of the snap play offensive play for the 49ers. So it yeah. was early, pretty it was it was over pretty early. It was over pretty early. The, the fact that it was 7-7 seven, seven at one point was amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, like, the Eagles offense didn't really – wasn't really that impressive. They they weren't really that impressive. I think they had barely under – they had under 300 total yards. Yep. Um, total, yeah, under 300 total yards. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith had – both had less than 40 yards receiving. You know, Jalen Hurts only had 122 yards passing. Um, you know, the run game, they they went for like over 135, 140 yards. So the running game was okay. But as we're, you know, what we're normally accustomed to seeing from this Eagles offense, that that was, I mean, kudos to the 49ers holding, you know, holding on for as long as they did. But they still, they still, I mean, the, the, the Eagles, the Eagles offense did did not look that impressive overall. But um, so we'll we'll see what happens in the super in the Super Bowl. We'll 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 dive more into into that matchup when we um, you know in the you know the week the week of the Super Bowl when we do our next show. But yeah, that, those are a couple of things that stood out to me. I, I didn't think the Eagles offense was was that great. No, they weren't. They they didn't. Hurts hasn't looked good either either one of these playoff games so far. But he's also hadn't haven't had to do much either. So pretty easy road for the Eagles, to be honest. Uh, but but on the other side of that, they put themselves in this position by yep. being the best team in the NFC all year. Yep. Getting the number one seed, getting home field advantage, and whoever comes to play you, and you know you just take advantage of those, of those opportunities. So kudos yeah. To them. yeah, I don't like people, you know, hating. Oh, this is the easiest road ever. This and the blah blah blah. Like you said, they put the work in during the season to be blessed with this position. It's not their fault that the Giants were just just didn't have enough men and the 49ers, the quarterbacks got hurt. So it's blessings. Luck, luck favors the prepared as yeah. as you know the that the saying goes. So yep. that, that's that's basically the Eagles to a T. Yep. And it and one thing that was really evident at the beginning of the game that I thought was pretty wild is that Hassan Reddick, how they were, you know, chip blocking him with a tight end or just straight up blocking him with a with the backup tight end. 
I mean, obviously we saw the play that happened that caused Purdy to what we know is now is a, a Tommy John surgery is going to have to be needed on that elbow. But I mean, if you look throughout that game, both sides of the ball, their O-line and D-line bullied the 49ers. I mean, pretty much throughout that whole game. Like, I know you saw the video of Kelsey just throwing uh, – Who? what defensive lineman was that? Like, it was him. Like, he just came in. Like, I, I want to say it was the guard that was kind of blocking in lane came in and just, like, one arm shoved his ass to the ground. And I think Sanders hit that hole. And then the, the lineman got up and just kind of, like, just halfway jogged, just – when looked like he was trying to play it off to have no shame of, about what just happened to his manhood. Just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the jog of shame, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> but you have anything else for this game? I, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say about this one. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's basically it. I mean, in the Eagles running game, you know, whenever they started to get going, you saw you saw the threat of Jalen Hurts running freezing the linebackers so we, we saw some open lanes for miles sanders that's why he had two touchdowns both of his touchdowns that he scored he was untouched um, practically untouched so that that kind of go, that goes to show you that hey you know that that eagles that eagles run game is going to be dangerous no matter what even even if their offense isn't clicking on all cylinders all right so the next game the the better of the two games the chiefs versus Bengals. i was really surprised in terms of you know how well the defenses play of course you know, when you're in the playoffs, the defenses are usually playing a little bit better, a little more tightened up, but it was a really good game. It sucked how it ended, uh, but that's not the reason why the Bengals lost the game because you had plenty of opportunities to win that game even before right. that moment. Burrow one singular play. Yep. You know, loses or wins a game. Yeah. Burrow, he was just, he was average if you want to be real about it. I mean, he, his EPA per play was 0.01. So just barely above zero. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, and you know, just on the other side, of Mahomes with the high ankle sprain, he outplayed. I mean, he outplayed him. Like he showed everybody why he's the best quarterback in the league. Why he's probably going to be the MVP of the league this year again. I mean, at one point, he only had three healthy wide receivers. He had Sky Moore, who they haven't really been playing. They had MVS, who was been asked the whole playoffs up until. When the moment was called for him to show up, and he showed up somehow, and yeah. um, who was the other one? Uh, uh, uh it was uh, Mar Marcus was Kemp. Yes, Marcus Kemp, who is yeah. a special teams, his special teams guru, had a big catch in the fourth quarter, third or fourth. He quarter. did, he did. Um, so yeah, with that ragtag, and he still still found a way to to make it happen. You know, salute to the Chiefs, man, for for gutting that one out, he, especially he, with their run game didn't do anything at all like neither one of the run games did anything yeah and Mahomes you know just to kind of piggyback on this point Mahomes outplayed Burrow with basically you know with significantly less talent yeah. significantly less talent like Burrow had all those weapons at his disposal and he underperformed he threw two interceptions one was on in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left on a second and three uh, against a rookie uh, they had a nice tip drill, which is a you know phenomenal play by that rookie on T Higgins one on one. Yep. So, but Burt Burrow, you know, he did not play up to the standard that everybody you know basically created for him when you know he's you know he had this had you know the nice playoff run last year and, and had all the success this year and beat Buffalo last week or a couple weeks ago. Uh, he didn't play up the standard, and yep. and I, I hadn't really seen too much, uh, too many too many in the media talking mm -hmm. about. His his uh his performance and his nope. turnovers. 
And, you know, they, 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 they don't keep the same energy with, you know, Josh Allen's turnovers and Joe, Joe Burrow's turnovers. And so that, that's just another thing that I, that I, that I observe, mm, mm. that I observe from the sports media industrial complex. These turnovers, but, um, but yeah, but, 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 you know, it was all about Mahomes and Will putting the team on his back. And that's what he did. That's what he did. And he's going he's gonna to have to do a lot more of that in the Super Bowl because we don't know the, the injury statuses of Kadarius Tony, Juju, and, uh, and McCall Hardman, who, who basically re-injured himself coming back yep. from an injury that, he, that, that had plagued him for like the last eight weeks. So eight, eight or nine weeks. So we'll have to see, you know, what happens, you know, the week of the Super Bowl and all the practice and see if these guys are going to be active on game day. Yeah. Yeah, I know one thing that was evident in terms of the Bengals. I know the Bengals all line was beat up. Still not excuse. They had Piran. Piran played double the snaps that Mixon did. Um, you know, again, what we've seen this through the course of the last two years that the Bengals trust Piran in terms of pass coverage and some of those special moments when they on you know third and third and medium, third and long, he's in there not mixing. So I know people were like, is Mixon hurt? Is Mixon hurt? No, Mixon's not hurt. They just like P. Ryan more in those situations to help pass block. So <laughs> having P. Ryan in on third down is why they lost the Super Bowl last year. I yep. mean to stick to that. Yep. No, it's not. That that, is, what that was is, that? Fourth and four or whatever. It was, the, it was fourth and one. And yeah, Mixon fourth and been, one. Mixon had a, had a pretty decent game up until that point, and they put yep. and they just subbed him out for P. Ryan, and P. <laughs> Ryan got stuffed. I will I will always go back to that point. That's why they lost the Super Bowl because they keep putting P. Ryan in on third downs. Yeah, they outsmarted. Can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. Can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. But this game, like we said before, it wasn't Osai's fault why they lost that game. Yes, it was a a mistake, but that's not the reason why they lost that game. So, yeah, try again next year. I feel real bad for him. He was, you know, know, and and the thing is, like, I was, you know, a little, you know, a little part of me was happy the Bengals lost because they had been talking and being disrespectful towards Mahomes and Kansas Mm -hmm. City all week. Uh, and basically saying, "Oh, we own the we own the Chiefs. We, you know, they've beaten them three times. That's great and everything. Um, but yeah. you got to beat them again. You got to do it again." Um, but you know, I I felt real bad for Osai because you know he was like distraught after after you know I think he sat on the bench by himself for a while until one of his teammates came over and yeah. basically picked him up. So and that, and that was that was that was good to see. Um, yeah, but yeah, and, it was and it sucks because it overshadowed how good he was during the game, man. Like he was making a lot of plays, a yeah, lot of plays. Led, I think he had like you know a lot of tackles for loss, pressures. Like he was all yeah. over. The, he was he was cooking. He was he was he was he was, you know, basically uh, wreaking havoc up there. So, uh, but it's unfortunate he's a young kid. I think twenty two, right? Twenty two, yeah. twenty three. So yeah, he went to UT. Yeah, so he'll 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 be finding something he can learn from and you know make him better in, in the in the future. Yeah, yeah, but I know the Bengals are going to have some interesting, uh, interesting cap situation. You know, trying to figure out if they're going to bring bring Mixon back. I know they've already talked about bringing getting the Burrow extension discussions underway. They got Higgins that's looming. What they got to do with him? A lot of defensive players are probably not going to be back uh, because of the cap constrictions. They're probably going to have this coming off season. So it should be interesting what how we see this this Bengals team. You know, looking forward to next year and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, speaking of the, speaking of uh, in the spirit of that, we'll we'll go ahead and kick, get kicked off with some of the news and notes that we saw over the last couple of days. You know, coming out of these uh, conference championship games. Obviously, we talked about Brock Purdy. He's going to be out nine to twelve months um, due to that Tommy John surgery. 
And, you know, on top of that, Kyle Shanahan came out today. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch came out today and said that it's pretty unlikely that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back with the team. So they got question marks at quarterback. Like, what are they going to yeah. do? What are they going to do? They traded up all those picks to get uh, Trey Lance, you know, who hopefully should be good to go at the beginning of the season after breaking his leg. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that unfolds. Maybe they sign a veteran in free agency to to kind of get them to kind of get them uh, quarterback depth. But um, we'll see how that goes. And then obviously the biggest news of the day was Tom Brady pr- finally retiring for good. We'll see if it's actually for good. Seems like it's for good. Based on, you know, how, you know, his his demeanor in the video, he just kind of shot a video, just didn't have, didn't leave it up to any speculation. He said, hey, straight up, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm retiring for good. So, uh, but called it a career, 23 years, greatest quarterback of all time. Don't, don't think we need to debate that any further. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Tom Brady retires. So let, we'll see what happens with Tampa Bay and what they do with the quarterbacks, you know, this offseason. Uh, Sean Payton traded to the Broncos, so he's going to be coaching there. He's going to be making seventeen twenty million a year. I think it's a five year deal. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, that he's there. So, so him and Russell Wilson are tied together for you know, at least. I mean, on 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 pay, in pay on paper it says five years, but you know we'll see what happens. They tra- they're basically looking at like you know three for three ones and a couple of twos. To get Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, so they don't have they they don't have any draft picks to build around. Uh, so that they'll have the roster as is is going to have to get it done with Russell Wilson yeah. and Sean Payton. And so that's a lot to ask. Uh, I don't think Russell Wilson is completely washed. I know the bottom fell out last year, but they still have weapons. They still have Jerry Judy. They still have uh, Cortland Sutton. They still Tim have Patrick come back. Tim Patrick's coming back off the ACL injury. They still have Greg Dulcich, who 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 flashes as a rookie tight end. Um, hopefully, Javante Williams, you know, makes his recovery from that from that ACL injury. So they still have some pieces on offense that that can you know that could uh, that can help out. So we'll see how that goes. And then D'Amico Ryan signed a six year deal to coach the Houston Texans, um, the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. I'm coming I'm, home. Finally, come you know it's coming home. So I guess that's where he wanted to be. He's got six years to do his thing there. So he's got a little bit of a runway to basically build and mold the roster the way he wants to. Wants to. Hopefully they give him the, the time uh, <laughs> because they've been really, really impatient um, with with you know with black head coaches there over the last couple of years with David Culley mm-hmm. and Lovey Smith, who didn't do terrible jobs. Right? They didn't do awful jobs there. I mean they were. I mean, obviously the Texans were uh, a deficient, a talent deficient roster, but they still competed. They still, you know, they still, they they still, they still played really, really hard for them and, and had made some games interesting. Um, so, you know, hopefully again, you know, D'Amico Ryans has more, more time, more time to so to build out the roster that he wants. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens there in Houston. Um, you, real quick, what do you think that they should do in terms of the quarterback position? So they, do you think D'Amico should go, you know, quarterback at two and then you just take best player available at 12? Or do you go get a veteran like Jimmy G, David Carr, somebody of that ilk, the kind of – I don't know what they're going to do because I don't think the roster is ready to, to try to compete, so I don't see the point of that. But, again, that's an option. Or do you, you know, ride it out with, with David Davis Mills? I don't know if Davis Mills showed enough to really – 
yeah <laughs> game gaining the confidence um in whoever's coming in to to coach the team now so i don't i think they should go quarterback at two i think that's the the operative move new head coach he gets to pick his quarterback yep. and there's going to be plenty at the top to choose from uh this year with bryce young and cj stroud and, and potentially will levis but i i think I think this is probably a good time to go quarterback unless, hey, these quarterback prospects aren't what they cracked up to be. And maybe they maybe he has a plan to to suck again this year to maybe get Caleb Williams next year. So that's another that's another possibility. But we'll we'll see how they compete this year and we'll see how uh, how they go in the draft. But I think they should go quarterback. I really yeah, me too. I, I don't think they should waste their time with one of these veterans because, like I said, their roster is not they're not a quarterback away from. From competing, you need to go get the person that you want to, you know, your signature signing in terms of like this is the guy that's tied tied to my tenure, the beginning of my tenure in Houston. Yeah, um, big, 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 big first draft choice for uh, D'Amico Ryan's big decision. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely going to be a, a D lineman or it's going to be a quarterback in my opinion. So, yeah. 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 And then, you know, news out of Dallas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Killamore got let go, so now that means Mike McCarthy is going to be calling plays. Um, I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. Uh, I, I know, I know, I know. There's, I know the offense needed to change. Uh, I know Kellen for you know curling more four curls, Kellen Moore. Uh, <laughs> and I knew, I knew it was a you know I knew it was time to to make a move there, but with McCarthy calling plays. I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll bring somebody else in and take some of that take some of that pressure off of him. But we'll we'll you know we'll we'll see how it all unfolds. And then Kellen Moore is taking the Chargers job. So uh, you know Kellen Moore for you know for for all his you know failures and he's he can design the shit out of a play. Doesn't mm-hmm. always tap into that bag like he like you know as consistently as he needs to. But when he does design some plays, I mean he he's he was like oh shit okay Kellen okay Kellen you know. Yeah, he he does his thing every now and then. So and he's and he's got Justin Herbert, a, a young quarterback, um, to um, to work with with a strong with a strong arm, laser over an arm, pretty decent weapons. And so it's 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 a good fit. I, I'd say it's a good fit for them in in, yeah. uh, in Los Angeles. So real quick about the Cowboys OC spot that's open. I've heard names, a couple of names that might be filling that role. One of them is. One of them that's actually on the staff as a, I don't know if like a consultant or a quality control guy is Brian Schottenheimer. I know you know that name from Seattle. He went he's the OC there. <laughs> oh man, I don't. Yeah, I didn't, when I heard that name, I was like, no, um, sorry, I don't, I don't, Get I don't want that. Out of here with that. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> um, a couple other names I've heard is uh, Ben McAdoo. No. Yeah. Um, these are people that have been to, been in Dallas. Like this is some like that's a, yeah. that's a problem with the Cowboys. Like you know what's funny is that it's it is j- more likely for them to choose somebody in house than for them to bring in somebody from mm-hmm. uh, from from you know out of house. So to yeah. Speak. So yeah. Uh, they they never bring in outside guys. That I mean they they never that's that's not their thing. And so. It wouldn't surprise me if it's one of those two guys, if it's Schottenheimer or or Ben McAdoo. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, me. I mean, McAdoo. He's I think he's the o, the OC at, at Carolina. But again, he was he. I know there was a time when, you know, when 
when McCarthy got the job, I know his name was kind of linked to Dallas at some point, even though he's ended up st- sticking with, with Kellen. But uh, yeah, I, I, let's try to find some new blood, bro. Like we've, we've seen these old guys. We've seen these guys. We've seen enough. Exactly. Get somebody new, man. Exactly, man. That that's the problem, though. That's the problem in Dallas, and it's not going to change until you know the you know, ownership changes hands or Jerry fires himself. And <laughs> no, that's not happening. That's not happening. So guess what? It's not changing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is not changing. Um, and then just kind of rounding out some of the news, uh, Justin Fields uh, got the vote of confidence uh, from the owner that he's he's the guy, and they're going to build around him. Well, I mean, no shit, right? I mean, that's the that's the best thing to do. <laughs> Like I don't even know why they need they even needed to announce that, to be quite honest. Um it, it it was ludicrous for them to even consider trading fields and then getting taking a quarterback. Like it would have been ludicrous. And so you get Justin Fields weapons, a guy with that arm talent, guy, you know, he he did some good things this year. Still there's still he's still out the ways to go um in other areas, but he did some good things this year, made made a lot of plays. So they get some talent around him, you know, get you know, maybe get another receiver couple a couple of receivers. Draft them high, not get any, you know, not get those, uh, you know, undrafted free agents. I think they had like seven after the 2022 draft. They mm-hmm. had like seven undrafted free agents, and they reached for Bayless Jones, who had 41, uh, 41 offensive snaps or something. But <laughs> it was something low. It was ridiculously low. He didn't, he yeah. wasn't even used. So get him some weapons and watch him, watch him flourish, watch him take a leap, watch him take that third year leap. And then when people, and then after we, and after that, after he takes a third year leap, people are like, "Oh yeah, Justin Fields is good after all." Well, no shit. If you give him weapons, look what happens. Look what happens. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the last thing, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Like, I, I just want this story to go away. I want this. To go, I want it to go away. Like all this waffling and all this stuff. Like, just make it, make make up your mind and just move on, right? I, I think the the whole him and Green Bay has run its course. Just move on. Yeah. Just move on. Uh, that's just be, that, that's my that's my thought here. Uh, I don't know what 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 I don't know if you're if you're in lockstep, but he just need they just need to move forward. No, I'm in the same boat as you, man. Like, just go and follow your mentor that you you love and hate at the same time. Go to New York like he did and try to figure out there, man. Like, I'm just I'm tired of the attention that you always have to seek to have. Oh, they're making decisions with with without me there. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they are. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the most important conversations happen when you're not in the room sometimes. Dummy. <laughs> it's not always about you, bro. Come yeah. on. And Come this on. is this is on the like the outset of you just having like your worst quarterback season and who knows how long. Real life in the line. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So he got swept by the Detroit Lions this year. So I mean. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you're paying you, but come on. All right. You know, in between the championship games and the Super Bowl, we got the one thing that the fantasy community loves to you know get their blood going in terms of getting during the offseason is the senior bowl. A lot of analysts right now are with a lot of NFL personnel are down at the senior bowl in Alabama right now, enjoying the sun while we're in the cold. But you know, they're, if, you, if you go on Twitter right now, you'll see people, you know, going crazy over one play and having all these comparisons that you didn't hear during the season. So, it's, you know, it's that time of the year when you start hearing names that you probably didn't hear during the course of the college football season that you're hearing now. And 
you know, for for good or for bad, you're hearing those names. Um, so we just wanted to touch on a few names that we've been hearing and a few names that we're interested in, you know, getting that we want to talk about real quick in terms of, you know, just kind of putting it in your ear and getting ready for whenever those those rookie drafts are happening or, you know, right before we have the combine next, what, in a few weeks. So the first name I want to talk about is Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa State. He's a guy that people have been talking about right now. He's about six foot one, over 200 pounds, good size. I know during the season, he was pretty much their go-to guy. I think he averaged like nine, 10 catches a game. It was just ridiculous amount of catches. I know when I, whenever I was looking on prize picks and embedding him, he was always eight and a half, nine and a half receptions. You go over and he still, you pick, you go, you pick more and he goes over. Like he was 10, 11, 12 receptions. He was the guy. He was a wide receiver that broke out his senior season, his third year of actually being a full-time starter, which is usually late for some of these people. They like to see their, their, the players that they really want to go after that break out, you know, during their, their sophomore year or their fir first or second season. Somewhere when they're young into college, they want to see him break out. But overall, I think he's a good player. He is a good separator, um, no matter if he was out, outside or in the slot. Um, he had a what, 30, almost 34% target share this past year, 161 targets. He was third in receptions, eight in yards in the nation. So, I mean, overall, I think he, he had a, put, a pretty good season, really good season this past year. And right now, I know they're, they've been talking about he's been he's looked pretty decent. He's looked apart down in, in, in Mobile right now. So, that's yeah, one guy I'm thinking about. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. You know, over but to over 210 pounds, right? I think that's what yeah. I think that's what he's met, what he's what his measurables are. So, and then back-to-back -back seasons of over a thousand yards. So, I think a guy like you know a guy that productive, uh, there's definitely a place for him. There's definitely a place for him in the league, and um, you know he's really really good at getting open and commanding targets at a high rate at a high clip. That's going to get you drafted pretty high day yeah. day two. He's de definitely a day two guy, but if he has you know, a strong showing in the senior bowl and maybe, you know, he runs well in the, in, uh, you know, com you know, I don't know if he's going to the combine or maybe his pro day, but if he has, you know, good testing numbers, then he may, he may creep into that day one, but we'll see. And the second guy I want to talk about is Rasheed Rice, wide receiver from SMU, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, he's Texas, also, stand up, also, baby. Yeah, also six foot, over 200 pounds. He had his breakout season this past year, also his senior year. This was a guy and you know, that kind of prolific SMU offense. And he was the guy. He was always lined up all over the field. Had a lot of he had good long speed. He could make people miss if if they if they you know gave him the, the ball quick and allow him to, you know, work. But the problem with him is that he had an issue with drops. You would see him drop the ball in timely spots or just a little more often that you would want to see from someone that's, you know, being projected to possibly the end of the first round, beginning of the second round for sure. So, and this was a wide receiver also that he was pretty much tops in the, in the nation in terms of yards. He was third in yards, fifth in receptions. So another wide receiver that was really dominant his senior season. Yeah. A little, little, little local, little local product. I'm sure that's uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure this guy is like on the, on the Cowboys uh, Cowboys fans wish list of wide receivers to draft because I've been seeing on Twitter there's been a lot of names been thrown out of you know who should we draft the you know, first first round or second round I saw names like Jalen Hyatt I see names like 
uh, Zay Flowers. I see names like obviously Rasheed Rice. Um, so there's 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 a lot of guys out there that and you know six foot two hundred pounds, pretty decent sized, fast. So you know we can't go wrong with some of these guys, but we'll see how they how how it all how it all plays out. We'll see how it all plays out. You got any names for us? Yeah, there's one there's one guy in particular. We talked about it pre-show. Um, wide receiver from Stanford. Uh, I think his name is uh, uh, his name Michael Wilson. I think you said. Mike, yeah, Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson. I think he's been making a play for the top receiver in uh, in at the Senior Bowl day two. He's you know there. I saw, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of video so far, and he's been you know beating beating man coverage. Uh, he's been you know making a lot of acrobatic catches and and, and getting open and showing out. And showing showing his ass, so we'll see if it translates to the actual game this weekend uh, at the Senior Bowl. But that's one guy that I was that, that's kind of you know kind of catching uh, you know some some people by surprise, if you will. Yeah, I know a couple of names that I didn't want to name. I wouldn't name, but I mean, it's pretty. I mean, I, I wanted to name Tajay Sharp, but I mean, people have been talking about him before. Spears. Tajay Spears, yes, running back from Tulane. I mean. I, I've been talking not on here, but in the in the discord about him probably since October, November in terms of how good he is. And like they said, at the senior bowl, he's been killing it. The only downside to him is that he he has bad knees uh, that's been showing up in his medical. So a running back with bad knees. It's not it's yeah. never a good thing. It's no, never, never, thing. never. Another person that's been hyping up is uh, is Jaden Reed from. The wide receiver from Michigan State, they've been really pumping this guy up, saying he's pretty much been the best wide receiver out there if it hasn't been uh, the BYU wide receiver that came out of nowhere. Uh, Jaden Reed, uh, somebody on Twitter compared him to Antonio Brown. I'm just like, bro, you got to relax. Like, this is (laughs) – got to relax, man. Yeah, a lot of people excited. go out out over their skis with all these comparisons, man. Like, just – yeah. I know it's I know it's good to do that, but like we just gotta. Sometimes we gotta chill. Sometimes yeah. we gotta chill. Yeah, yeah. Just take in what you're seeing, and you know, take it for what it is. Don't start putting them against what pretty much a Hall of Famer wide receiver. If they decide to duct him, I know he he walled out his last year in the league, but he has the numbers. So you know, I was I was literally thinking about. That this is a little bit of a sidebar, but I was really thinking. I was literally thinking about Antonio Brown because I saw a graphic uh, today, I think on Twitter, where you know over the last ten years, um, the 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 overall wide receiver one. They showed all the wide receiver ones over the last ten years since 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Demarius Thomas in 2013, and then from 2014 to 2017 was Antonio Brown. He was yeah. the wide receiver one overall. Firmly, firmly, far and away. And I think uh, I think he barely missed wide receiver one overall in 2018. Um, by like a couple slots, and he had 15 touchdowns that year. Yeah. And so, like the the run that he went on from <laughs> those four or five years is is like historical. It's like something that we've never seen before. Like yeah. I think the only the only guy that really compared it to is Jerry Rice. And so, um, I don't know. I, I I feel like he should be should be a Hall of Famer based on based on what he did, but all that off the field stuff. You know, you know that's 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 what they like to do. They like to penalize people for off the field stuff. Um, and he's been wilding out ever since he left the the Bucks. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been wilding, he was wilding out before that, kind of you know briefly here and there when you kind of forced his way out of the Raiders, forced his way out of uh, Oakland at the time. 
and then you know had a only played one game for New England, and then you know, played a little bit for the Bucks. But he's been wilding out, so I don't know. That was just one thing I was thinking about. I was like, is he a hall? Is he? I think he's a Hall of Famer. He's no, got no, no, thank you. He has all the numbers, right? Yeah. He, he, no, if if without the antics, I, I think I think it's pretty easy. I think it's a pretty yeah. easy one. But in the last thing I want to talk about the senior bowls, the quarterbacks. I mean, pre, pretty much what I've heard consensus is that the quarterbacks are not really up to par. So leave them in your free agent pool. Uh, but the one thing that I know we've seen people have issue with this will levis a quarterback that's supposed to be one of these top guys in this coming draft i know a lot of people are kind of soured on him a lot in terms of you know just the the play that he had this season and then the fact that he didn't show up to either of these bowl games i mean these these exhibition games for for people trying to put their you know put their put their stamp or put their 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 resume on tape he decided not to show up to either one and a lot of these scouts and a lot of these personnel from these NFL teams are really soured and thought it was a bad look for him not to show up and put some on wax since the whole complaint this whole year was out well he didn't have any any help with with his wide receivers or his running backs or this and that and like well you could have came out here and at least show your tools and you know you know put your resume out there in front of all these people and you decided not to so it seems That's like it. every it seems like every year, you know, players are making making that decision just to you know to kind of play it safe, if you will, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think they want to they want them to rely on the tape that they've already seen, and then they can just measure and they can just throw a little bit, but not do anything crazy. I think they're it, it could have it could have varying effects depending on the, yeah. depending on the prospect, depending on how high it's supposed to go or whatever the case is. So, you know, the, it just it just whatever works for that player, whatever works for that prospect. And how they're being advised, uh, you know. But but I get I get your point. I mean, if you want to, you got opportunities. You got all these, you know, these these pro scouts, these NFL guys, in you know, in the in the vicinity. You want to show out for them. You, yeah. Your 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 first inclination would be to show out for them. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody know he, thinks that way. I know he's dealing with a, a toe injury that he had been dealing with pretty much half the season, and that was the reason why he said didn't that he's not participating, but. Why didn't you show up? Like, why aren't you even in Alabama? Like, you don't even have to throw the ball. Like, you can talk why to are people, you not even there? You, know, you can interview, yeah. interview with people or just get, get, you know, have, you know, pick some people's brains and just just have combos, right? Get, Bro, you have people get to not, know you. Why are you not there? Yeah. I think that, was, I, yeah, I think that was miscalculated on that part. But, hey, I'm not I'm not the 6'3 quarterback that can make a million, uh, millions and millions of dollars going top of the draft, so. Yeah, people people might know better than me. I'm just a guy on the mic, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last thing is we just want to kind of briefly touch on Super Bowl, you know, props and this and that before we really dive in next week. I know next week we're gonna really talk about the Super Bowl and the you know the litany of props that you can possibly you know bet on will be. It'll be like a prop show. Yeah, basically, we'll, pop show like we did last year. It's yeah, it's, like, gonna be, it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun. Yeah, one. yeah. All right. So, a couple of the problems that I that I thought they were really interesting. That I've already locked in is the Pat Mahomes over twenty four and a half completions on Prize Picks. Um, you can find these in a lot of these sports books right now. They have majority of them have money going to the over, over twenty four and a half, and then some of them already have it at twenty five and a half, where it's not even leaning over or under. It's kind of just in between. So 
I think 24 and a half over com completions is is a great number for Mahomes. I know last week he hit that number, even with the you know the lack of weapons he had for a half of a game, he still was able to hit that number on Prize Picks. And the other one that I like on Prize Picks, and I believe this one's also an underdog, is Quez Watkins under one and a half receptions on Prize Picks and underdog. He smashed these both the playoff playoff uh, weeks that the Eagles have played. He's only had one target in the two games, no catches. So I don't I don't imagine them being him being used. I mean, he's like he would be like the sixth option. So for whatever reason, they keep putting this line up there. I'm going to take the under. Thank you. It's free <laughs> money. Keep smashing yeah, the keep, under. And, and and Vegas, the 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 odds have these have it really weighted to the under also on top of that. So those are two props that I'm early looking that I've already locked in that I like. Yeah, a couple ones that I'm looking at are both on the Chiefs side. One is uh, Jarek McKinnon over 22 and a half receiving yards. I think they're going to be forced to to lean on you know to lean on uh, the other weapons as you know they they may have trouble running you know running the ball with Pacheco. Um, I know the Eagles' run defense has been pretty stout in the playoffs so far, um, but you know M McKinnon was you know, he was a weapon out of the backfield you know to close the regular season. I know we haven't really seen much from him in the playoffs. Um, they haven't really needed him to be that guy because they've they've kind of held leads um, for the most part in these games and they haven't really had to you know th to throw to the backs. But I think in this game where they they have another high powered offense on the other side, I think they'll be leaning a lot more on uh, on on the passing game and McKinnon will get a lot of uh, a, a lot of you know a lot of work um, out of the backfield. And I think his his reception total is only three. I think he's going to hit that too. And so I, I'd like both of these early leans um, to both of these. And then the, then the next one that I have, the last one that I have, just kind of an early lean is Travis Kelsey receptions at seven. Uh, I wish it was at six and a half, but he's gotten, you know, it seems like he gets like seven almost every game. And he's he has 21 total catches um, in the playoffs so far in two games. So um, he had 14 in the first game against Jacksonville and seven against against Cincinnati. So uh I, I would prefer that line to be six and a half, but seven, I think he can get eight catches, which is pretty easy for Kelsey. Uh, he's going to be the primary focus. And he's, somehow he seems to get open a lot. Always finds a way to get open. That, that, that's, that's the beauty of the Andy Reid offense is, you know, they, they, they scheme their best players open. And whatever reason, you know, who the, you know who's getting the ball. But Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have that, uh, that symbiotic relationship. Where hey they're gonna they're gonna always find a way, and so I, I like that um, kind of like that uh, the Travis Kelsey reception jumper. Yep, yep, I do, I do like those. So I'm definitely gonna take a look at those when we get off of here. But we are at the end of the show, so always a reminder. Just want to make sure that y'all type into that all gas newsletter that we drop every Friday at seven oh one. You can find that link on Destination Devi on Twitter. You can find it on my Twitter at fantasy genes that's g-e-n-e-s and you know when you click the link also subscri subscribe to it man we got a lot of good information on there i know we're, we're about to drop a lot of you know rookie stuff getting ready for for this combine getting ready for your rookie draft so really tap into a lot of the college stuff that we're going about, about to be putting out on those newsletters um again you can find our official twitter handle at off the line ff ike you got anything before we get out of here Nope. Uh, no, just everything. I echo everything Gene said. Just keep keep a lookout for the off, you know the, the the all gas newsletter. Keep tapping into the show and keep tapping into Destination Dev and everything that we're doing.
Yeah, man. And again, like we said, next week is going to be just a Super Bowl prop show. Maybe we even have somebody on here joining us to you know talk everything Super Bowl props, man. So let's get ready for that. Until then, we'll holler at y'all. Y'all enjoy the Senior Bowl. Enjoy all the content that's coming in between all that. You know, just getting ready to prepare yourself for the combine. So until then, we'll holler at y'all. Peace out.